Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 3, entitled New York's Finest. Uh, what did you think of this episode? It was the best of Daredevil. It was the worst of Daredevil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I agree. It's debatable whether this fight scene in the stairwell outshone the hallway counterpart. And I feel like that they... From in, Season 1, yeah. Yeah, 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 from Cutman. And uh-huh. I, I feel like they deliberately invited that comparison by starting it off at the corridor and you're like, Oh, well that's, this is going to be a pale imitation, but then they get in the stairwell and things get crazy. Right. Uh, uh that was the, well, I, certainly that's debatable and we will debate it. Um, what else? When, when I say the worst of, I can't get over how poorly executed the scenes with foggy and Claire in the emergency room were real bad. Just like, Something and, and, I don't and expect from this show. Karen with the ADA is not too many notches above that. I agree. Like, yeah. I feel for the first time that the opposition characters are essentially saying, oh, I see the writers are working for you. You know, it's like yeah. they're forcing they're forcing moments of badassery instead of coming from, like, organic. And they had the perfect example of that, a foggy standing down the DA last episode. I thought that was great, and this was not. And I don't know, I, I, you know, I can art- articulate the differences, but I don't know what they would do better or if they need to avoid that or if this is just yeah. what they need to do to get what they need to do later on in the story. I don't know. I largely agree. I, I think, you know, the stuff on the rooftop works much better than those scenes, and the fight scene, I think, is really, really good. I mean, this is some of the best choreography Daredevil has some of the best choreography, period, and we always talk about it, but this is another showcase scene. Right? Cer- certainly, certainly. Um, so I I don't know. Maybe we should just start talking about it. Uh, I'm going to talk start... about the e- the busiest ER of all time. <laughs> uh, you want to start there? The ER the, the, ER. I, I don't want to forget how we started, which is there is a hallucination scene, perhaps a dream sequence, perhaps a memory of Matt and nuns taking care of them. Right. And I don't like there's this incredibly the the nun keeps dissolving into like an just incredibly blue-eyed version of the stat a statue of Mary, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's Jesus in there somewhere and I don't know uh I I felt like with the bright blue eyes they're trying to suggest that there's a little bit of Karen in there. Hmm. Okay. But I don't know if you she got any of that. She does have bright blue eyes. That's for sure. She does. She's Where's the, the foggy? Peepers. Is foggy the nun? He's Jesus. Oh, he's Jesus. Yeah. All right. He's the martyr. So Matt's just Matt, which is, in which, bed. Is, which is a bad, <laughs> bad, bad look for him. Um, and then that dissolves until we find that he's been chained to a chimney with the Punisher. Which I gotta say, fuck you, Netflix. Like I for... get that this is one of the very first things that you see in the episode, but that's literally the cover art for this episode. You click on next right. episode and you see. The Punisher on his haunches talking to Matt chained to the chimney. Yeah. And I I get it that, like, you know, we were pretty much right on with our speculation that he made off with them in the last episode. But how could we not be? We'd both seen that graphic. Yeah. Just scrolling through the episode. Just starting up episode two, you see the graphic for episode three. Yeah. I, I I don't know know if I care for that. Uh, you you have to yeah. really be careful scrolling around Netflix. Yeah. You already have to be careful with the like the the episode descriptions and whatnot, but like the cover art itself, when they are arguably spoilers, mm-hmm. oof, it's got me got me really nervous in my navigation. Yeah. Uh, so right, they they have a conversation. They have a long conversation. It lasts most of the episode. What'd um, you think of it? I what'd you think of it? It was it was mostly good. I, I thought 
some of the points were a little belabored, um, but you know they had to kind of find their feet and take the time to get Punisher to open up at all uh, and talk about why he's doing the things he's doing. Now, I did feel like, look, Punisher, look, Frank, uh, this is the whole point. This is the reason you tied him up and didn't kill him. Why are you giving him the silent treatment? You obviously want to talk about something. You mm-hmm. obviously want that. Yeah. So fucking do it. Uh, do, do you think that he had the tape a gun to his hand gambit in mind the whole the whole uh, rhetorical exercise, or do you think he came up with that organically with frustration of or not getting through to Matt? I felt like it was an organic thing. Okay, me uh, too. Apparently, he's on this rooftop to take out the dogs of hell because uh, their their biker bar is across the street. He's going to grenade the fuck out of them. Yep, grenades one of their bikes and and almost grenades them, but Daredevil stops him. Yep. Uh, I I don't know. I think maybe it was just a little. A little belabored for me, but otherwise great. I think all of the discussion they have is really good. Just where I thought it was going to be to be labored, he Matt wakes up with a gun tape to his arm, uh, hand, and a pretty. I mean, so I have a question about this too. Sure, where's so explain the logic of this gambit to me. Uh, he ta- he grabs Grotto, who we find out has killed two people. Uh, he killed one on orders and another old lady because she was just happened to be in the building. She saw his face. He had right. he didn't have a choice. That's always great. Like, well, yeah, you did. You could go to jail for your crimes. Uh-huh. You or could you face could, the consequences you of your could, actions. I mean, that's where the, you know, uh, Robin Hood criminal breaks down. Right. Like, if you're more afraid of your legal consequences than safeguarding innocent people's lives, then fuck you. Sure. Which is the Punisher's, uh, you know, point of view. Right, and so he puts it to Daredevil, look, I'm going to kill this guy if you don't kill me. Mm-hmm. Now, so, so Frank Castle is ostensibly trying to get Daredevil to turn into him. He gives this line about, you know, you're one bad day away from being me. Uh, he wants Daredevil to become Punisher by killing him? Or is he proving to Daredevil that he's not able to do the things that he needs to do because he won't kill? I think I think Frank was open to a large spectrum of possibilities. Possibility okay. A, the daredevil blows his head off to save this criminal scumbag's life. Right, and it might not be the worst thing for Frank. He probably has a little bit of. Uh, I think he's he's at peace with that possibility, and yeah. <laughs> and I think he also his calculus would suggest that if Daredevil did something like that, and then perhaps finds out later that he killed. You know, this guy wasn't an innocent that he that he killed this person for. Then that, that that would nudge him. Like, arguably, Daredevil could be a very superior version of the Punisher. Sure. Well, like, yeah. He picks up guns. They'd have to be silenced. But he <laughs> picks he picks up guns, and he's got all the abilities that the Daredevil has uh, with all the preternatural uh, being able to. He pick doesn't him have out the training. That... That's that's the one thing, right? He doesn't have the the tactical military training. Yeah, but real time three D awareness of your environment. Is, is a significant this, let me put it this way. I, I, this I man that, can yeah. hit another man with a fire extinguisher from six floors up just with listening <laughs> and timing. Right. I think he can put a piece of lead on target. But can he, plan, but can he plan the That's... kind of things that, like, the Punisher planned? Can he, sure. Can he sniff out, oh, the DA is trying to get me, so I need to ram this truck through, That's and then true. I can shoot from the roof? He thinks that tactically kind of stuff. and strategically in a way that Matt is more, much more seat of his pants and just sends a flying kick and, somebody's way and expects yeah, to win. Yeah. Yeah. It does it by gut and guile. So I, well, I do agree that yes, he could be more effective of a, a fighter. I don't know that he's like tactically 
good enough. Yeah. Or tactically as, as talented as Punisher. But I think that that's something Frank would accept. Like, well, if he kills me, then, you know, uh, hopefully you'll carry on my work. The second possibility is Daredevil uh, is convinced of the necessity to kill criminals and he turns him to an ally. And he kills Grotto. And right. he kills Grotto. Or Punisher kills Grotto and Matt realizes that he doesn't have what it takes to stop Frank. And he maybe, kills himself. Well, kills himself, or, or maybe he's not going to get. Maybe he'll just let off Frank. Like you do you, and I'll do mine, and you know we'll mm-hmm. see where it gets us. Like because ultimately, I think Frank would prefer just to be left alone. Sure, absolutely. I don't think the man wants a compatriot. No, no, God no, an ally. He's got a dog now, though. I guess it's true. So find out last episode. Uh, you know what I think? I think anyone who says who can smell the city and says that it stinks is probably a bad guy. I mean, I saw The Matrix. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just Agent Smith bias. He knew, he smelled it. He smelled it, and he was a pretty bad guy. That's just because Hugo Weaving's such an awesome (laughs) at playing a villain. Yeah. Um, I thought that there was some darkly comedic things, and I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, but like every time Daredevil strained against the chains, played hilarious to me. Because because it's so impotent or yeah, or what? Yeah, just he's just like and then and I was okay. like, what are you gonna do, man? These like and there's a point where Daredevil was straining and he was like li- like looking for weak points in a chain, and I'm like, if he busts out of this, uh-huh. I'm I'm stopping and I'm not going to podcast and I'm I'm <laughs> not doing this anymore because there's no fucking way. Like Luke Cage, yeah, Punisher right. tries with Luke Cage, he's gonna yeah. get pasted, but Daredevil is. Maybe peak physical strength for the guy his size, but he's uh-huh. not even that big of a dude. Yeah. There's no fucking way this guy's breaking out a quarter-inch, half-inch steel chains. I don't care how weak they are. Right. I Like, when they show kind of the, the back shot of the chimney there, I was thinking, is he trying to break the bricks? Like, the weakened... Even if he did that, they would have to really sell bricks? me on the possibility of that, because that's a sturdy brick structure. You would think so. I Having mean, him stuff, use but... his one bullet to blow the chains away, yeah. I thought was... And then you gave him a badass weapon to fight with. Right? The chain and the gun butt. Mm-hmm. You can just whip people with that thing. So let's let's have a... Before we talk about some other things in the episode, let's have a debate. I still want to talk about Frank and the Punisher and Daredevil sure. a lot more. Sure, okay, let's do it. it. Is that along the lines of your debate? Or... No, but okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to move uh, on. So we find out a lot about the Punisher on this scene, right? He says why he does the things he does. He's he's seen a lot of shit in the war, um, and he views this as sort of a necessity for him. It's not something he really chooses to do. It's just something he has to do. Uh, it's what makes we, him feel whole again. We don't right. know what he's lost because Matt seems like uh-huh. he's hit pretty close to the mark that he's suffered some loss. Yeah. But we don't know what it is. And the he end of the episode. saw some shit in war. In his episode, we find out he's suffered some kind of brain drama. It looks like he's been shot in the head. Right. Which right. you pointed out, I completely missed this, but the skull x-ray is the per- is is the Punisher logo. Yeah, yeah. Like the way they intentionally shot to where the jaw was kind of and the teeth were prominent, it, it looks exactly like the classic comic book Punisher skull, yeah, logo. Seems like it. Uh, so we had speculated that maybe oh he might be created by Daredevil. He might be like one of those copycats, and I think that's certainly what the police think. Do you still think that after? Seeing his kind of explanation. And Wait, say that again? Do you think that... Last episode we said there was a scene with the cops where they were talking about all the copycats Oh, it was Punisher inspired by Daredevil. Right. It, I get less of that vibe now that we've seen a conversation with Frank and, 
and Matt? Uh, so I'm still open to the possibility of Frank being inspired. Like it would be, I think it would be interesting to show, like if we see some of Frank's backstory and maybe he started this war with like rubber bullets and tear gas and (laughs) kind of like more or less that. And then he had an experience where a guy either got the better of him or got out of jail and then raped or killed somebody. And he's like, Nope, fuck this. But it could, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think this show I'm prepared to accept if a, a, a array of possibilities. Like if he just come right. back from war and he's, you know, unhinged because, or he's got an anger issue because of this head wound that's acting up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something wrong with his brain. If he comes back and he's experienced loss and he's mad, it could have nothing to do with daredevil, but it could have yeah. something. And I don't know which I'd prefer. I feel like I'm open to either of those possibilities. What do you think? Um, you know, now that I think about it, I'm not sure that, that is Frank Castle's X-ray. It says Frank. It says Castle F when she opens the file. How would they know that? How do they know who he is? Uh, are, those are files that they stole from the, D, the DA. Yes, that suggests that okay. he is a suspect, which huh. I thought was a like a pretty that's a revelation. Revelation. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because as far as we knew, they had no clue who this guy was. Right. All right. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, Which makes Frank seem pretty foolish using his real name when he's talking to civilians like Maury right. on the roof. Plus, I got to say, I, I am open to the array of possibilities that you were you're talking about, though. I, th- I think he could still be inspired by the Daredevil. I'm uh-huh. just giving less of that vibe now. I think the superintendent Maury is awful lenient for what he allows a guy smoking up on the rooftop because, <laughs> like, when the you know even before the dog, they, they uh-huh. established that he's kind of like right there under the top floor. He hears him like walking around or shouting, and there's guys screaming and getting punched, and there's gunshots going off, and he's just like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, man's got to smoke, uh, simplify, do or die. Right. That's the other thing we find out is Frank is a marine. Yes. Right? Or or he's pretending he reads this guy and pretends to be a marine. I buy that he's a marine. I buy that he's a marine. Uh, the the other thing, this damage to Daredevil's helmet. I wish they would have played with that a little bit more, considering how much of a deal they made about it in the first episode. Well, and still, maybe they will later, but I they mean, made it clear that in forty eight hours this guy could produce a new one, right? Forty eight to seventy two, sure. If he didn't sleep, right? So, okay, I, I, so let's be generous and say he gets a few hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Three days. They have like an episode more, maybe an episode to or deal two with that with a cracked helmet because uh, yeah. it really didn't come into play at all here. In no way, nah, I never really. felt the danger of the helmet being cracked. Not really because Frank wasn't going to kill him. Frank had him tied nah. up, and if he was going to kill him, the helmet's not going to fucking save him. No, he'll just shoot him in his teeth, uh, shoot yeah, him in his sure. nose. I mean, <laughs> so the only thing I think a little where, disappointed there when the Punisher disabled him by hitting him with a wrench or whatever he hit him with. Yeah, I have no idea where he struck him. Solar plexus, maybe knock the wind. Maybe because if but... he hits him in the windpipe, he's the dead man. Uh-huh. Or in the teeth. If he hits him in the head, he's wearing a helmet, which yeah, it won't stop a bullet, but surely it'll it won't it'll provide enough protection to not yeah. concuss you. Like, yeah, maybe the solar plexus. Maybe. I the way they shocking. shot it from an angle, I had no idea what he what he hit him with. Just that he hit him and one punch is down. Right. Uh there's also a motif in the very beginning. That I wonder if this is a little bit Chekhovian, where he says, I hear they say that you don't hear the bullet that gets you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wonder if that is some kind of foreshadowing. Hmm. And if, if it's if it's going to foreshadow something that happens to the Daredevil or the Punisher. And maybe that's already even been set in motion. Yeah. You don't uh. hear the bullet that gets you. 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's especially interesting considering the the hearing problems that Daredevil's been having as mm-hmm. of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, could apply to him as well, you're right. Yeah. Um, you also don't hear the accent that no one has. Can I just say that? Yeah. Uh, all of these people, born and bred in New York fucking city. John Bernthal is just 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 using his <laughs> Georgia Shane. Matt doesn't have an accent. Foggy doesn't have an nah. accent. They're all yeah. Born the only bred, guy who has proud. an accent is Maury, the superintendent. Yeah, sure, he's from he's from fucking New York. He's from Hell's Kitchen. I yeah. Man, growing up with a father who spent his young years in New York City. Queens? Was he? Uh, or Brooklyn, I think. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not real sure. I forget. Um, it was one of the Bs, though. He did the Bronx or Brooklyn. Uh, but <laughs> I know what a New York accent sounds like, and none of these people have it. Yeah. But, man. I do like Bern- Bernthal. He's, like, stuck in permanent, <laughs> mask you a question, Rick, mode. Like, he he's is. just in Voice that. And all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shaved head and just, lobe swollen with power shane mm-hmm. the the entire time uh still it's good i i really like his performance it did get a little tedious when they're just hurling psychoanalysis at each other because they're both off i mean what little we know about matt uh the punisher's way off the mark in his analysis of him being a coward and and uh all that um and also i don't think the daredevil knows enough and he comes across as a little naive especially with the resolution of grotto grotto yeah about his stance where, you know, anybody starts talking about, oh, that one spark of life or blah, blah, you can't, it's not right. your call. Blah. That little bit of good in him. I mean. And I, I feel I, like I, there was that in Grotto. I, I think Grotto might have gone straight, you know. He said it's been a few months. He's just slinging drinks now. and He did kill he, a person rather than take responsibility for, I mean, that's pretty bad. Right, but that can also change you, right? Like you can sure. regret those experiences and, yep. and, you know, for what it's worth, move on from them. I don't. I guess I just don't find it as. I, I feel like the Batman's explanation for why he doesn't kill people is the only thing that I've for a vigilante that seems compelling. Which is, uh, if I start allowing myself to do that, I will become a criminal because I'll just start killing yeah. everyone. Slippery slope. Yeah. Um. And I find that that's the only thing that. And even then, like the you know some of the you know it's a very hoary trope of Batman to confront him with how many people have died. Because he's let the Joker, but then again, yeah. Batman being Batman, he would be a fucking monster if he decided to mount up and join the Brotherhood of Shadows or the League of Shadows and imposing his view of justice on the world. So, right, none of these are new thoughts, especially within the comic book universe. Right, right, uh, but they are still interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because something's not new doesn't mean it's not worthy of consideration. Uh, I wonder. When Matt says I've seen it, I've seen redemption. Is he speaking of Melvin? Who's he? Because I who's he talking about? Uh, good question. I'm not sure. Are we supposed to know who he's talking about, or is this because he didn't exactly beat the light into a lot of thugs last year? Right. Uh, Kicked the shit out of him. Sure. Didn't beat the light into him. No, like Melvin is the only, and he didn't do that with his fist. He did that with his. I mean, Melvin never seemed like he was a bad guy. He was just being blackmailed and intimidated into helping the kingman kingpin uh who's melvin again i don't even remember he's the his armorer oh yeah yeah okay duh so i i don't know who because he's like i've seen it i'm like really have you what have you seen maybe he's talking about melvin i don't know i don't know either he's turning new leaf he's He's... talking about his dad his dad because his dad got paid to beat up people and he also like you know 
got paid to take a fall. I mean, he was a criminal by is the technical a, standard. Yeah, is that? But that's again, he's not a rapist murderer. Like there are. I would say his dad had more than a flicker of good in him. Sure, sure. I don't know. It's interesting because it's like the Punisher is the vigilante taken to its most extreme form and still somewhat sympathetic because, you know, that's something we debated. Was he trying to kill Karen because he thought doesn't seem like it. He said that, look, nobody got hurt that didn't that wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Like, I'm not just a maniac killing for just pleasure. I'm actually surgically targeting people. And he I got to say that with the way he set up this thing with the dogs of hell, like he does feel um they've done a good job of showing how competent he is at staging these things yeah like he had the grenade to draw matt he had to let matt if matt hadn't stopped him he would have laid every one of those guys out yeah a couple more grenades and they're done i mean he, i mean or he could just took about one by one with a sniper rifle like, yeah yeah pretty amazing um yeah, overall uh good scenes up on the rooftop i liked them do we want to talk about the fight scene then yeah, I have a lot or, to say about the fight scene. Actually, before we get to the fight scene, the moral dilemma with Daredevil having a gun taped to him. And Frank says, there's a bullet in the chamber, which you interpreted to mean there's only one bullet in the gun. I think, yeah, the audience in general is probably going to say, oh, one bullet in the and gun. And I interpreted it like I felt like that's like just saying that this gun is ready and loaded to go. Like you cock the hammer back. He and says one bullet in the chamber, which you don't say one bullet in the chamber. You say a bullet in the chamber if you're saying it's ready to go. That's true. If you say a number, that implies this is the number of bullets in this gun. It's also not literally true because with the the way a revolver works, or does it? I'm trying to think. The act of I mean, pulling the, the trigger and cocking it revolves the makes the thing rotate. So they're all so kind of in the chamber. He's actually <laughs> lying. There's a bullet ready to go into the chamber, but oh. it's not actually in the chamber yet. Because it would take six pulls to get to the bullet. Yes, that exactly, is exactly. In the um, but it seems like. There's this point that I want to debate about. Does it still do that if you cock it? Well, the, the actually cocking, that's that. that so does... maybe he, he taped it to him, he cocked it, and then says there's a okay, bullet in the chamber. Okay, sure, then you got a fucking hair trigger. <laughs> right. Because uh, it doesn't take much to the much pull at all to, to, to put that hammer down. Uh-huh. Um, Matt has this reaction where he starts the, the fight with the dogs of hell, where he pulls the trigger and it clicks on an empty chamber, and he yeah. laughs. Did I took it the way he was actually either going to shoot one of the guys, which was like whoa, or he was going to like the Punisher just suggested up in the uh, on the roof he was going to like shoot him in the leg. He's like, then don't think about shooting me in the leg or the arm because uh, yeah. I'm all tooled up and I've got my body armor on and right. the only way he can the only way he can stop me is a headshot. So I feel like the Daredevil would shoot someone in the knee. Yeah, probably. He'd, he'd use the Terminator Two rules. I, I really think his only line is no killing. Okay. Because if he thinks he could disable you somehow, he certainly breaks arms and legs. No problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I took that laugh to be like, I just fooled you, you dumbasses, with this hostage thing that I was going for oh, in the hallway. So like and him now, clicking, like says, "I'm unarmed. Come get it, motherfuckers." I'm starting this fight now. Yeah, okay. this hand to hand thing. Yeah, bring it on. And he's just kind of n- not quite nervous laughter, but like, here we go. Yeah, kind of laughter. Uh, I really think this is another all-time great fight scene for Daredevil. And and for, frankly, cinema in general. I think so few shows or movies, period, get this as right as Daredevil does. Uh, if Like I said last episode, there are just no cuts. I mean, there are like two or three cuts in this entire I think there's more cuts than you scene. think. Because I, I was... As right. I was I, it wouldn't be surprised... I wouldn't be surprised to find out that, like, 
the um this the railing I think is CG. Could be. And that they're yeah. using that to hide, like, to, and, and they do a lot of things, like, where they do a quick cut where a person's back completely, like, they, they yeah. pan across someone's back, and that's something they could easily blend together. Absolutely. But there are cuts in there, for It's sure. certainly less cuts than you get in almost any... Way less cuts. ...any action movie. And, and the way, the kind of narrow, the confined nature of the fight is also really cool, in the same way that, you know, that hallway fight from season one is, yeah. which we also know had a few cuts... But it kind of limits the number of people who can be ready to attack at any given time. In a plausible which way. Which really helps it because yeah. like most of the time you see a circle of dudes standing around with machetes ready to hack somebody to death and, and nobody's just, going there's in. There's no logical reason they're not all attacking at once. Right. So and this then, really limits it and makes it more believable. I also like the fact that Matt has the 360 degree echolocation because he can plausibly yeah. like block an, an, a, a blow that he shouldn't be able to see coming. And right. You also, like, you know, we made fun of Matt the last episode of him screaming before he goes into battle. Like, a lot of times they do that. Like, okay, so the guy doesn't get waylaid. The guy starts screaming and he can turn around. Where Matt can just, like, oh, I can hear his baseball bat come, block, take, yeah. slam. Um, yeah, constant awareness is, is helping him a lot. So the, the, the green hallway sequence was an homage to Old Boy. I feel like this huh, stairwell... Okay. Uh, scene. I don't. I don't know. That's literally true. I feel like people talked about it as if it was true. And maybe I read an interview last year, but I wasn't doing this professionally. So, right. Um, I felt like this staircase scene was a little bit of homage to the raid series. It could be. What's that? There, the Korean? Of... Is that Korean? No, no. It's um Taiwanese. No, I, I don't think it comes out of Thailand. I know Taiwan is on Thailand, but I'm I'm moving on. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it comes out of Thailand. I maybe it does. Maybe it does. I'm not sure. It's not Japanese or Chinese. I know that. D- yeah, definitely not. Um, I, I don't know exactly Taiwan. where it oh. comes from, but yeah, yeah the raid but... redemption and the raid two. Right. Both of these kind of have that feel. The raid is just basically an entire building worth of bad guys. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what fighting it's, through. Yeah, I, I felt like it was a little bit of an homage towards that, and the, the color palette was very the same. Yeah. Um, the camera, the, it wasn't shaky cam, but they did have some kind of um, drop frame effect. You know huh. what I mean? I didn't notice. Like, it was almost a, a slight strobing. Okay. I didn't think it took away. I thought it I thought maybe that's where they were hiding some cuts because I did notice that ah. kind of like fade to black sort of hmm. thing. No, I'm talking about just like a really fast, like a, a, the, the way that the, the in, initial going of uh, like Saving Private Ryan is shot. Okay. Where it's like slightly, it's not undercranked. I can't tell. It, it's just like a, you know, uh, it's a little bit flickery. And yeah. I felt like that that might be a stylistic choice, but also like obviously probably could hide a little bit of the stunt work, but. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, it also made it feel like everything was heightened. Like like this is what it's like to be jacked on adrenaline and have these senses like they're incredibly sharp and to be fighting at your full capacity. Yeah, I, I thought this fight was actually more technically impressive than season one's big fight. So you want like, to move to the which was better? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's let's move into that. I because I'm sure everyone's making the comparison, right? How can yeah. you not? There's, we got a lot of feedback on it, and I, I consolidated in essentially two schools of thought. Okay. I'm, I'm going to lay out my thinking on it. I think this episode is more technically, both like cinematically, they're doing a lot more with the camera, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the whole point of season one's mm-hmm. not moving the camera. Um, and they're also, the choreography is, a, I think, a little more impressive yeah. uh, technically, you know? 
Um, whereas I felt like season one's was more thematically and artistically impressive to mm. me. Because, like, you have, you have, A, the goal is Matt, who we've seen the origin story of as being this frightened child when he lost his father, going in to save this child. And that's a, that's a big thing in that scene. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't fight his way through these nine guys or whatever, this kid is going to end up uh, in dire straits. And, and the other thing is not moving that camera mm-hmm. in the season one thing really gives us room to be like, okay, I know where all the threats are. Mm-hmm. Daredevil's in trouble in a lot of, <laughs> coming from a lot of different directions. And when he gets off camera, we're going like, oh my God, what's happening in that room? Sure. <laughs> you just see microwaves and limbs right. flying through the, wind- yeah, the door. And so I felt like artistically and thematically that fight worked better, but this was still amazing. I compare it to like, is Duel of the Fates with Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon better than Luke versus Vader in the right. Emperor's throne room? Good comparison. Like yeah. one is like a lot more flashy and proficient and, and you know, maybe more satisfying on a visceral level, but the mm-hmm. other, he's fighting to protect his sister from the same thing that he's going through right now. Whereas yeah. in in the season season one fight, the hallway fight, it was an exhausted, very human mat. He doesn't have all this armor. He doesn't have all this right. protection. He's not, you know, he hasn't been through all the Daredevil experiences in the first season that's made him into the hardened fighter he is. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting, and like the stakes are, if I give in to exhaustion, and 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 there's that other. getting back up theme too. Makes yeah, the that fact episode. that like every single time he's not throwing a punch, he's just sagging against the wall and gasping yeah. for breath. And here, I felt like he was just beating the shit out of guys. And at any time, I got a hint of of exhaustion. Yeah, he's getting but tired not, at the end, and he actually, it, yeah. when he finally got to ground floor, he got a little in over his head. I thought that one of the things was going to happen is the Punisher was going to have to save him, and then what do you do there? Huh, okay, they didn't go there. Whereas in the first season if he loses this fight he dies and his little boy stays a slave or whatever right um here i felt like at any time he could have been like fuck this punched a dude gone back up the staircase jumped off the roof and been fine sure he does he can't he's, escape he's he doesn't fighting have a goal to get to... down to the punisher to finish his personal business with him it was an right. elective fight essentially yeah pretty much um, that I also felt like he was just completely overmatched against these guys. And it wasn't really as personal to him, which I, I really, like, the nature of that first fight was so personal and so, uh, I don't I don't know. There was something about the way that they built up to it in that episode that just made it the perfect crescendo, whereas this they didn't build to it nearly as, as dramatically, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's like, as I was talking to someone last night who was... Wanting, you know, kind of wanting to hear me say, oh, yeah, this is a way better fight. And I was kind of like, uh, in some ways. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer, but for my money, uh, I, man, I don't know. Because there was a point I remember consciously thinking, wow, this might be better than the first season because it's just so much bigger. And, and, and I was kind of said yeah. to be disappointed. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a hallway with a Kim with a gun taped to his hand and a chain. <laughs> but like, I thought some uh, of the camera work, uh, even though it's different than this, the kind of lock camera going down this, this hallway, it was super, really impressive. And it's very cool to see Daredevil beat the shit out of these guys. But, um, I don't know. I kind of feel like just because I, it surprised me so much in last season that just the yeah. visceral emotional yeah. weight of the first season fight car- and carries me. And I'm, you know, I would be, I feel like that's something 
and people in the forums are arguing about this. I feel like that's something that Daredevil has kind of made an implicit agreement with us in the audience, that they're going to try to keep raising the stakes. So I'm going okay. to enjoy watching this show trying to keep it in very much like the way same way Banshee does on Cinemax. Uh-huh. Like you think how in the hell can they possibly do something that's even approaching the other things and they keep finding ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Um, the one thing I think they need to do at some point in this series, because, because it's almost impossible to get that first fight out of your head when you're watching this. Um, so it's by its very nature a copycat and it's not going to be as impressive as the first time you see something like it. Uh, they need to have Daredevil, though, lose one of these fights to a bunch of mooks. Like an out, a just overwhelming number of nobodies who just beat him down. At his personal cost or should there be like a little boy or a person I, he's trying to save that pays I, they the just price? Need to, they just need to keep the stakes high um, by saying he can lose these fights. This is not a guarantee. Like, yes, he can lose a fight with the Punisher, but Punisher is a fucking superhero. Mm-hmm. What happens when he fights 150 nobodies? Well, mm-hmm. they can take him down too. Yeah. If if given the opportunity, so watch out. Mm. I think if they don't do that, we're gonna run the risk of going. Oh, well, these are just nobodies. Daredevil beats him, of course. I don't know. I think I don't know that he personally has to lose, but he's certain there has to be some stakes where he can't always win. And you know that's okay. That, so if he doesn't lose and he can't always win, what well, is, what I'm what saying is like. Um, because I'm trying to think of like uh, the the like Sher- sheriff the fight, Lucas but lose, in Banshee. Anything? Has he ever lost a fight? And I'm struggling to think of one. But he certainly has lost things because the point is, as strong and as good as you are, you can't protect everyone and everything that's important to you. Right. And sometimes the villains win not because they personally beat him down, but because they took something that was important from him or made him compromise something that he didn't think he was going to do. And I feel like the, I don't need to right. see Daredevil get the shit because I saw him beat and thrown in a dumpster and left for dead last season. So, like, I kind of already seen that, but, okay. I, but I've never seen him fail in his mission. I'm, I'm specifically talking about these big set piece fights. Like I don't want it to go. Oh, here's another big set if he piece. Loses I this, know he's he dead. Wins. Like that's the thing. Like I don't see how you write a situation where he loses a set piece battle and is not dead. Sure, sure. Unless a guy like the Punisher or Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or Iron Fist or you know proctologist comes in and saves the day at the end, which that's its own kind of <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Is there a, the night proctologist? <laughs> sure. In yeah. this Series. Yeah. The, the, everyone fears the snap of his glove. <laughs> Uh, okay, and arguably he loses this fight because he doesn't get down to the Punisher before the Punisher takes off. Sure. Right. Was the Punisher so sandbagging? He, he wins the fight. I, I don't know. Either that or he woke up just in the nick of time and ran out. Doesn't really matter to me. Um, but, but he wins the fight. He just loses. He, he doesn't accomplish his mission. Yeah. yeah. But there was no, the he, he personally lost nothing here. Right. Other than, so Grotto died, right? Because he got Grotto shot basically die. in the heart. In the heart, yeah. And he's as he dies, he's blaming him for... Oh, my God, God, this guy. Um, <laughs> okay. Why don't we talk about some of the other... The things that didn't work? The things that didn't work for us, yeah. Okay, you go first, because I think you got one that I'm actually going to argue with you on. Uh, So, I I actually really don't like this phone first phone call that Grotto makes to... Uh, to fuck, what's her name? Karen. Karen, thank you. Uh. I don't see the point of the phone call. The phone call is basically to call them up, 
tell him I'm pissed. You're all liars. I have my own plan. Goodbye. Well, so what are you supposed to do there? Just never have here. Yeah. Just just next time you see him, he shows up with Matt. Or he right. shows up on the roof. Right. What's like? I I just don't see the point of a bad guy calling him up to shake his fist at him. Like well, he should just move the fuck on. I mean, get out of town. Do what you got to do, man. If you've ever worked customer support, I feel like that's just a natural inclination. Like I'm one of you. Wait till you see what I say on Yelp about Matt and Murdoch and Nelson. <laughs> You guys broke all your promises, and your lobby smelled like shit. And, um, you know, I took it, and I don't think you bought this moment, but there's this moment where he's like, what are you going to do to help me? And I think there was a moment where Karen could have said the right thing, where he they could have kept him on the hook. But that moment comes off the back of him saying, "You're all liars. You set me up." Like, yeah, but that's what that's he's a he's a he's a street punk. What's he going to do? But if you believe that, Sir, why do I you have call? a problem with your professional treatment of my legal matter? But if you believe that they're all liars and they set him because up, you why do help. you call? You want help? But You're they're still scared but of they've the obviously not helped you. These but, are the people that betrayed you for all you know. And he thought that going into that phone call. I don't think he, he thought that, but it, I don't think he knew it. And then Karen stammered and says, we'll try, sealed the deal. And he's like, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> I do feel like that there's something she yeah, could have said. Like, I just didn't like it. Like we've ta- I, I feel like there's there, unless you don't believe that there's no sequence of words she could have said that would win him back to her side, then, then I guess it's a wasted scene. But as it was, I think, I feel like they needed something to set the stakes for the next scene. And also... Uh, to do that, that Karen kind of missed her moment there. Well, I mean, she's not perfect either. That's what it felt like to me is just setting up things that are going to happen later in the episode for no real rational reason. I usually don't like that. Okay. Uh, the other thing I know you had a big problem with uh-huh. is this uh, foggy Nelson hospital scene. You made a nice analogy when we were having lunch today, uh, comparing it to the X Files scene. Yeah, in the finale, the X Files. Hardly anybody, judging by our traffic, hardly anybody <laughs> saw. But there- agent Agent Scully is running down the street where there are virus outbreaks. Everyone's getting sick in across the, middle of the a country. Worldwide, worldwide right. collapse and panic, and people are preparing to loot a store. They've got weapons in their hand. They're about to break. They're the windows. wearing masks. They're wearing masks. She runs up and she shouts, "Stop it, people!" Don't do this. You don't want to do it. I'm going to try to help. Go to the hospital. And they all do. Yes. They just stop looting and go to the hospital. Yes. Listen to the five-foot-tall white lady. Uh, <laughs> right. This is not that bad. It's close. But it's this pudgy white guy backing down two street toughs that want to kill each other because of the legal consequences. And one who's already swung a bed frame at the other and nailed him in the head? Yeah, like the, yeah. These guys have punched cops or security guards or whatever they are? He's essentially shaming and appealing to their better nature. And I, nah. No. I I, I get it that they needed, I don't, no, I don't get it. Because, you know, Foggy was tough to the DA and we thought it was cool. We gave him props for that. And he he just completely covered his tail, or put his tail between his legs and pissed himself on this episode. Karen called him out. Now he's trying to look tough in front of Claire. And there's also, like, I'm also a little bit tired of what they're doing with Foggy vis-a-vis the women on this show. Like, What do you mean? They're giving him moments with Karen and Claire, and then Karen and Claire are like, nah, still like, I, still, I still like Matt better. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, like, is, is Foggy, is he going to make time with anyone but the mm. evil corporate lawyer bimbo? Tragically overlooked, that Foggy I'm not Nelson. saying he's overlooked because he is Foggy Nelson and the other guy's fucking Matt Murdock. Right. Uh, but I'm, I, I just feel like maybe not have him be, like, the hopeful puppy dog in every one of these interactions. Like, okay. keep it professional, dude. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh... It just makes. I, I was too busy I ignoring Claire, the bulk of this scene because I hated it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I missed a lot of the stuff Claire was saying because I just well, didn't want to pay Well, also, you attention. didn't finish. You didn't finish Jessica Jones because a lot of what True. they were saying was winking at the fact that she got in trouble for helping Jessica for helping hmm. Nick Cage. Not Nick Cage. <laughs> you get a lot <laughs> of trouble for helping Nick Cage at any level in Hollywood. Evade his taxes. <laughs> um. Reclaim his lost Oscars. Uh, no, she, for helping Luke Cage in the Jessica Jones series and, yeah. and, and blowing off shifts to take care of him and right. all that. I never saw that. Uh, you didn't make it that far. Um, but, yeah, I I just, I don't know. It makes Claire, it, it's weird. It's a weird look for Claire to be, like, all touchy-feely and, oh, wow, oh, you impressed me. You're so forceful. But I still got a thing for Matt. Like, just right. don't like just just be like, hey, that was really cool. Thanks for helping me out. And I'm going to help you in return. I have a respect for you. Yeah. It's they always got to make it flirty with him. Granted, I didn't see the stuff that goes on in uh, Jessica Jones with her, but I think they're doing a pretty good job putting her in the right place at the right time. Uh, for that, Matt. That's what this whole scene is about, establishing that maybe she's going to start keeping an eye on the morgues and the hospital records on a daily right. basis. And, and she's been put to the night shift, which is kind of when Daredevil needs the patching. And and and, and also the that the, 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 you know, the Hell's Kitchen as a whole is just falling apart because the gangs are all on. They don't necessarily all equally know about the Punisher. And right. There's a, and so there's a lot of fighting between them thinking you right. did this, you did this. Now Punisher did it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah, and I feel like that there's going that's going to be useful later. That like uh, Foggy's going to get a phone call to from her. That's or something. Something's going to happen. Um, yeah. What about Karen? Her going to the ADA and essentially saying like this DA happens to be the dirtiest, crookedest, shittiest boss you ever. You know, she's not just done it before, but she's done it like three other times. Mm-hmm. thrown people under the bus so she can further her career and won't be terrible when she does it to you. Again, it's like, I didn't feel like this was a, perf- a, a really... First of all, it's super convenient that this DA is this rotten. Second, right. that Karen is able to put all this together just by pouring over a bunch of case files in a single night. Third, that she goes over to the ADA and gets exactly the effect that she wants from him. He leaves the room and she steals the files. Right. Which that <laughs> Which was... happened to be out on his desk instead of tucked away in a Except for, no, he just handed it to him. I thought they were going to be clever like that. What? No, he just hands them to her. He goes no, to the... No, sh- he... Yo, no, you, you, you checked out, started making notes, but he go went through the charade of like, I'm going down to security, Mrs. Really? And, and then that he was just, all a charade? And he just, he, and I thought that's what he's going to do. It's a wink, wink. I'm leaving to go get security. You better get out of here. And she's just going to go get the files. No, he just hands them to her. I thought, she, I thought, I distinctly remember her picking files up off his desk. No, after he, just, he left the well, room. Well, maybe she got more, but he actually handed to her the fi- the, the the majority of the maybe files. Maybe she picked up the files that she slapped down on his desk as proof. Oh, those, those that three could document be. folders, yeah. 
But I okay. felt, again, it's much, it's like this, the writers have to have this character doing this thing in this scene, and the opposition is going to completely roll over because we need it to happen. And right. I honestly, again, if we go through the jam pack season theory, like I'm not going to be bothered by that as much because like if some of these are necessary shortcuts because they got so much awesome story to tell uh-huh. that is bursting at the seams and they got to take like some of this early goings is going to be seen as shortcuts. But again, if there's a three or four episode lull, I'm going to be like, man, they didn't need to rush all this shit and 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 insult me as a character or as a as a viewer. Yeah, by the time the end of the season rolls around, these are the kind of things I'll forget, you know. Well, only if it's only if it makes you. Right, right. If if we continue to see great stuff between the Punisher and Daredevil and these kind of fight scenes, and maybe we get introduced to some new cool characters, I I, I think there's a lot of room for me to forgive the sins of these 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 small sins by comparison. Do you think Frank kills Murray Maury? Uh, his fellow Marine on the rooftop. Like if Maury presses the issue, yeah, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because he made out the Daredevil that that was like I, I, you know, basically would he have punched him out and then abandoned his mission, or would he have killed a truly innocent person? Because I don't think he would have, because if he did, that would put him in Grotto territory. That's true. Uh, he does seek out the people he kills uh, for a reason, and Maury was most definitely not sought out. No. Uh, the other thing is, how the hell did he get all that shit up on the roof? Muscle. I mean, like, is, <laughs> I is, know, is, is Maury take frequent naps and he's just a super, like, he's just muscling up these cases and cases of military hardware uh-huh. and setting up lights and doing all this stuff and, and, and he's dragging bodies up the fire escape and chaining things to, and, and nothing. But, you know, Daredevil right, rattles the chains a little bit. Hey, what's going on up here? Well, what I know of New York real estate, and this surprised me when Maury shows up on the roof, maybe he got a call. Maybe he got a call from someone, but the superintendent always lives in the basement, right? I mean, in every movie and show you've ever seen, the superintendent lives in the shittiest basement apartment. No windows. No windows. Maybe he's got the boiler in his living room or sure. something. Like, yeah. Maury's, Maury's way down on the bottom floor, so he may not even hear this shit go up. This is now, the pen, this is the penthouse. Superintendent. I guess he's, he doesn't look like a moved, penthouse kind of guy, on frankly. And maybe that's on me for judging the man by his <laughs> shitty open shirt with a gut. Hey, and you a, check your top floor and a wife Jim beater. <laughs> I know. Just because you live on the top floor of the apartment complex, maybe the top floor in Hell's Kitchen is the basement apartment of like a Queens or a Manhattan or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe we're going real low rent here in yeah, Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but. Either way, Maury did not hear it. And that's a lot of equipment to drag up. That's heavy stuff. It's like tons. Yeah. And he didn't even really need it. Almost like this roof was his base of operations, except for I know it's not. Yeah, I kept thinking that. Like, what? He is loading and reloading and preparing a lot of shit. What is his plan here? So at some point, he goes up on the billboard and he attaches a rope and kind of dangles it over the edge. I think his plan is to escape down that rope. Yes, that's what I thought too. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna shoot all these guys, go down the rope, and escape out the alley. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed like yeah, he had a lot of hardware for what he was planning, and also maybe it was just backup stuff. You know, like if I don't get all these guys and they come across the street, I need these. I, I need these boxes. I need these crates and crates of loose ammunition. 
Well, like those right. If they be... were belts and they he had a tripod with a yeah fifty cal set up, like or something. they need to be in magazines or they need to be in clips or they need to be in belts because they're just laying there loose in the box ain't going to do you <laughs> shit, man. Unless you're going to pick up handfuls and throw them at them, right? Uh yeah. That that's but or the other thing is because um he'll do that and then he'll say next one's coming faster. Yeah, maybe he just has stashes all over the city. That's the other thing okay. that he's carefully like spent months moving because he's got you know he's too smart to just have that one apartment because yeah. the police you know especially if the police know about him Frank mm-hmm. Castle um, you know he's got to keep moving around so maybe I was bring ready. a box up at a time yeah and just over a course of months you've got you know I know where the the dogs of hell are I'm gonna eventually get to them I know where the cartel right. is I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm going to stash all this stuff, so I just have to show up and boom, and then I'm done with it. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, what else? We I think we're about we're about done, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty much done with it. Uh, the listeners aren't. I know that. What is Karen going to find out from the Punisher files except for the fact that Frank's got a hole in his head that's going to blow this, this, this out of the water? Well, she'll know his name. Uh, I think, is that something Daredevil found out? Oh, Matt knows that, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to pretend like he doesn't. Oh right, who Frank? What? This Frank Castle could be anyone, Karen. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. There could be a lot of stuff in his file. You know his his exact history uh, of of the events that led him to become the Punisher could be in that file. Like, did he lose someone? What was his his role in the war? Like all that kind of stuff. Do you think that the other thing I thought was interesting is that Matt is conspicuously absent in this entire episode? Right, and Pit, Penny. Why do I want to keep calling her Penny? I don't know. Uh, Karen is rolling her eyes at that. Because hard. she's in seeing that, like, okay, you got a drinking problem, you're a little hungover, you bumped your head. Our client almost got cleaned out, and you are like, okay, Foggy's all right, but I think Karen clearly thinks Matt's the main attraction at this law firm. I think right. she's pissed. She should be, yeah. And I'm really interested to see, you know, from his perspective, he's been chained up with the psychotic person and gotten a shit beat out of him, and he's going to be even in worse shape when she goes right. to see him. She's like, really? You tied it on knowing all this stuff? It's going to look terrible. Real bad. I don't see how he – like, there's a, there's a lot of tension being built and simmered, and that's it's not even addressed in this episode that – probably going to boil over to the next two or three. Right, and that's some of the best stuff, the things they're doing to kind of inconspicuously set up problems along the way. Yeah. Uh, this this is the point in the episode where we chain the listener to a chimney. Right. And we, we give them a tough choice. Do they want to support us by joining the club at club.baldmove.com or by shopping on Amazon at amazon.baldmove.com? Mm. Right. Uh, we tape their That's wallets. no choice at all! That's no choice at all, Frank! We You're ta- a madman! Duct tape their wallets to their hands. <laughs> uh, get Jeff Bezos out on the roof. Uh, I'm all tooled up. Only a direct charge. Only a direct swipe. Only a direct chip. <laughs> you got to insert your chip for 30 seconds. It's really uncomfortable and awkward and, and weird when you're at the store now. Apple can't, Pay. Can't just, swipe just it. Just use the phone pay stuff. Oh, there there's no third option. Oh, it's, God. It's, it's, it's plan A, plan B. Uh, if you choose the, the, the club option... Uh, well, you're in for a treat because you'll never have to hear these corny uh, advertisements again. Because we got ad free feeds, we got the VIP section of forums, we got extra content in the form of lunches and cock and on the rocks, where we have evening and and uh, noontime celebrations of cocks on the rocks. Is that cocks what you on just the rocks? Said? Well, if you get bit, you might need some ice. Okay. Uh, and 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 it reduces swelling. 
And, uh, you know, we got these bonus content and and some other fun features we got coming down the pike and that are out. Like, quit your pitching. The first one of those is free if you want to check it out on baldmove.com. The second option, of course, uh, takes it to Amazon. Uh, Amazon.baldmove.com. Redirects to Amazon, and you get your cart pre-charged with support. Anything you buy in that session, we get a tiny cut of, and it adds up. And it it keeps our lights on and our bits flowing here. Uh, But you got to choose. You got to choose. The wallet's taped to your hand. You're not getting out of this one uh, until you... Well, there are. They're going to bust out, and they're going to beat us to death with their wallet. Surprisingly, those visas are just sharp. They just cut through half-inch steel chains like nothing. We should have seen it coming, honestly. Yep. Uh, But the joke will be on you because we've stolen all your other credit cards but one. (laughs) As you grimly laugh and charge into the face of Jeff Bezos. All right. Well, let's Uh, get in the feedback, shall we? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, if you want to send us feedback, daredevil at baldmove.com or on forums, forums.baldmove.com. First up, Michael McBee from Virginia says, I got to think this is my favorite episode of the series thus far. We get a real depth in or a real in-depth look at why the Punisher is taking the actions he is. We also get a great debate that Mike the Mantrap would have had some great insight into. What? Criminal versus bad guy? Well, also half measures versus full measures. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> uh, though I think I would side with Frank until he started shooting at Gus. Um, it just inserts their shooting Gus. I also think this fighting is the best I've seen on TV. It's exciting. It's fast paced and oh, so hard hitting. Gotta also say, I like the sly nod to Jessica Jones and I'm fairly certain this one shot was not one take. Yeah, no, definitely. Like it's manifestly at least three or four takes, but I think it might've been cleverly hidden other micro cuts. Yeah. They admitted to that in even the season one thing. And that's fine. Like, right. Yeah. Just the special effects, man. (laughs) If if, if, right. if it looks real, it is real as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's movie magic. If you think the stuff you see on screen has to actually be yeah. what they did on set, you're fooling yourself. Like, I don't even mind undercranking a fight. Like, if it looks good, it looks good. It's it's awesome that Jackie Chan doesn't. Right. But, like, I'm not holding everyone to his his standards. So I am. I am. <laughs> Fuck well, the rest then of them. The world must be continually falling short. Because, Jackie or nothing. <laughs> uh, I have one worry. And that is the Punisher arc is going to feel very stretched out, like the Purple Man arc in Jessica Jones. Uh, are Purple you... Man is he just nicknaming him? No, that's of... what they call. That's what that's he he gets that name. He does what? Or maybe doesn't. I know they nod at it because he gets all purpley at some point in the series, which I'm not even sure you saw. Right. But we talked about um, Kilgrave and how uh-huh. he was simultaneously the best thing about Jessica Jones and the worst thing because they just didn't plan on, oh God, how do we get 13 episodes out of this arc? Yeah. The Punisher is so dangerous and such... Oh, it seems like Matt, is his, it's his match. It's, it's Waterloo. Three episodes, we've had three Titanic battles between them. When How much, much longer can they sustain this? Uh, That's a real good question. I mean, you know from the trailers, we got something going on, the Electra and the the foot. I haven't seen any trailers. <laughs> I know that's a lie. Wait, oh, I thought you meant for, like, next episode. No, like, no, no, I'm talking about the season. Okay. We know yeah, there's, right, there's something right. with uh, a shadowy ex-girlfriend type flame, uh-huh. Electra and the foot, or the hand, the Ninja <laughs> Turtles. Uh-huh. Uh, we know that Kingpin, I would be shocked, uh, even though he has not been in any of the trailers, I'd he be hasn't. shocked yeah. if he doesn't... Maybe it's even a final episode reveal, but he's got to come back, or what the hell are they doing? <laughs> um, right, we know his trainer. Uh, yeah. His, his old old buddy. 
Kind of buddy. Best case scenario, back. they got a tight six, seven episode arc with the Punisher and a tight six, seven episode arc with Electra. It's almost like two seasons in one. Or they could. I, yeah. I, it, it'd be interesting to see the Daredevil and the Punisher coming from coming at the same problem from different sides, like this hand thing. Yeah. They're talking about. You think they could put a pin in the Punisher? Like if he gets really hurt bad. And he, you know, like, huh. and he drags himself away. Like, it's like, well, I don't know where he's at, but I don't, I haven't seen him for three or four episodes. And then, bam, he bursts back onto the scene down the stretch. Like, they could do Maybe. that too. Yeah. Do you want to see Matt in the courtroom at all this this year? It would be nice. Yeah, I think I want to see at least an episode where. I, maybe maybe not like a condensed like this is the lawyering episode, but like over the course of a couple episodes, I'd like to see a little bit of it. Or it'd also be nice to see like maybe if they, they just want to make Foggy the courtroom brawler like that. It looks like that's what they're doing, and I Foggy scenes need to get better if that's mm-hmm. the case. Like I like the DA stuff in the last one, but this was not good. There's a little bit of stealth character development there with Claire. You know, she's all touching his chest and stuff, and she does it, but she goes, "I do believe that." The city needs Daredevil, and Daredevil needs you. Right. Which, you know, maybe Pretty Girl saying it was better than his buddy screaming it at him, but I feel like maybe that will put to side, like, Foggy will no longer be like, oh, you gotta stop doing this, Matt. What are you doing to me? What are you doing to Karen? Yeah, maybe he'll be convinced that they're kind of in the same game. Maybe. Or maybe he'll be like, are you insane? Rosario Dawson wants to shack up with you, and you won't hang up the fucking suit? I mean, what if there are consequences from Foggy's lawyering? Like, what if, what if a lot of bad stuff starts happening to him, both legally and also like people come after him? What do you uh, mean, Foggy himself? Yeah, and and he sees that. Look, Daredevil isn't the only guy who's in danger here. I'm in danger doing what I'm doing. Karen's in danger doing what we're doing. Well, that's all. Any... That's all true, and that's definitely attention in the show. I don't know. Right. I I just don't feel like it has been expressed that yeah that directly yeah like yeah. the kingpin thing went off kind of almost without a hitch yeah i mean karen had some other shit she was dealing with on the She'd side kidnapped and at one point claire got kidnapped like there was some consequences but everything kind of worked out right but it doesn't seem to have changed foggy's opinion but if he if he says look i'm also in danger and so now i understand why you're doing what you're doing matt yeah uh yeah they might come to some kind of agreement there uh, he says also wanted one what wanted to gauge your feelings about how you feel about the other Netflix MCU shows coming up. Luke Cage is this fall. Jessica Jones season two sometime next year. Iron Fist, who will be making his debut in Luke Cage and the Defenders spinoff series that combines all the shows. Just food for thought. I would say take it as they come because okay. Jim <laughs> is not super impressed with the Jessica Jones. No, I. Here's the thing. I will probably go back and finish it and watch season two. Yeah, but you're not. Gonna it was good to enough. No, fuck no. I was talking to I God. Think was, that podcast would have been brutal in the middle of that season. I think it. Well, yeah. Well, when we get to the Wonder Twins and all right. that stuff, yeah, it would have been some hate and watching. just over, over and over them losing yeah. Kilgrave. Like, yeah, God, yeah, there'd have been some shit shows. Uh, it might have been Michael McBee I was talking to last night, but which would be two nights ago when this thing finally gets released, but. I think someone mentioned that the Defenders might not be a series so much as a movie, like a made-for-Netflix movie, which okay. I – because I'm like, man, how do you get all these guys together for, like, a whole season? But a two-hour movie, I think, is exactly what they want to do. 
Avengers style. And yeah. and also Netflix has been quietly building up this apparatus to make movies. Yep. So I that's I mean that's the thing. If you can make a thirteen episode run of a TV show, you yeah. can make a movie. Pretty much. Pretty I mean, much. it's just it's a longer form of a movie. Yeah. Uh, Frack and T said, but I, I have very little interest in the Luke Cage or Iron Fist or Defenders. See, anything. I'm all in on Iron or, or on Luke Cage. I don't know anything about Iron Fist. I'm not. He's just a no big feelings. muscly dude. Like I, but he's a he's got a lot of charisma, and I think there's a lot of story to okay. tell there. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't impressed by what they did with him in Jessica Jones, and I, I I'll probably give it a chance. I. I'll give all those shows a chance. I just am not excited. What you'll do is you'll wait for me to watch it and tell you whether it's good or not. Pretty much, then... yeah. <laughs> should, I, should I use my time? I'm the canary in the mine shaft yep. of Netflix. <laughs> uh, Frack and T says, the great part is that you think, he's talking about the fight scene, you think they're going to do just another hallway fight, where it turns out mm-hmm. to be a little underwhelming until you realize it's just a prelude to the stairwell fight. Yeah. You had a goddamn empty gun taped to one hand and still kicked epic levels of ass. Netflix Marvel can do no wrong at this point. He also, and it's chain that that he uses that chain a lot. And yeah, he does really good effect. Taking sure. out lights, taking, taking out, out guys, yeah. blocking uh, shots from guns, like all sorts of stuff. Indeed, it's great. Uh, he says so. If uh, the Punisher is Shane, does that mean Matt Murdock is Beta Rick? Sure. Deep deep season two watching dead cuts here. I guess from the so. Audience. Uh, Steven from Florida says, I know they changed showrunners. This is the dissenting opinion on the fights and the episode. I got two in a row. Okay. Maybe three. Uh, I know they changed showrunners, but I'm hoping the staircase scene wasn't their season 10-minute one-shot fight scene because the editing was horrible. I knew something felt different after the first episode, but I couldn't pry my f- put my finger on it until finishing episode three. It's the choppy cuts that's throwing me off guard. I like the story, and I think the pace is better than last season, but I'm hoping someone else edits the rest of the season. You and I both. You like? I saw your eye, eyes visibly widen. I, I. What are they talking about? The only thing I think of is the stutter cam, like choppy the actual. Cuts. Because I there's not that many cuts, let alone being choppy. Right. I sorry, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. The actual cinematography uh, is a little stroby, okay. a little stutter stutter frame. But I didn't feel like it harmed the action. But you know, no. it's not an invalid opinion to have. Um, and you know, I think it's also natural. I mean, it is if it's factually about... wrong. And I, at this point, I'm leaning that direction. But well, but I don't I, know. I, that maybe he's I'm using... not getting what he's talking about. That's what I'm saying. When someone says choppy cuts, that can mean different things to different people, right? Um, Eli from, and also it's it's a valid concern to be f- afraid when showrunners switch out. I mean, oh, we've yeah. seen the nightmare that can cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli from, and they need they need to get some continuity here. Like, I hope these two guys, if they do a good job, stay around because mm-hmm. I don't want a showrunner every fucking season. Yeah. Uh, Eli from the Bronx, uniquely right. qualified to talk about all matters. Is he living in the basement or the penthouse? That's what That's, I want to know. We, we need to know how high you're rolling, man. <laughs> uh, I wanted to comment on the hallway stair hallway fight scene, which stretched on for five minutes, which was a little too long for my taste, as I felt like it tried to up the antics of the iconic hallway scene from season one. However, I did not want to say that the main difference despite the length. Wait. However, I did want to say that I think the main difference despite the length though I can be uh, misremembering, was Matt's brutality. Uh, from his small smile to the end, to the use of chain as a lasso of sorts, I would say what really struck me was the excess. Not to say I didn't like it, but as any warm-blooded American might, I found myself getting riled up by the violence, and on numerous occasions I've commented how the action in Daredevil gets me hard, but for Matt, it seemed <laughs> like a stark change. 
I think his conversation with the huh. Punisher slash Frank is the cause. Frank said that Matt has one bad day away uh, from being him, right. and that uh, and is that bad day itching closer as we see Matt go to links not only to incapacitate the gang members but to brutalize them. The instance with the slamming of the door on the guy's head most notable to me. So okay, that's yeah, that slamming door scene. So I didn't really pick up on it. Most is, is of a little the bit time. of the Punisher infecting Matt. I can see that. Yeah, uh, that. That seems to be the Punisher's goal, honestly. Yeah. And I was going to say, well, well, these guys maybe are much worse, but no, that we're talking about a bunch of child kidnapping, sex, you know, traffickers versus We don't even really know what the gang. dogs of hell have done. They're right? a motorcycle I mean, they fight gang. dogs. They're one percenters. They're into drugs. They're into protection racket. They're into a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you assume that. You assume that. I don't think we've been told any of that, right? Like, just look at these guys. They're obviously bad. Hmm. Is kind of the impression I get. They were about and, ready to cut up a dude for just walking into their bar. I mean, that, yeah, but it could have been all threats. You never know. <laughs> sure, nothing uh, actually did happen. They're all bark more. The, the dogs of hell much worse bark than bite. <laughs> right, uh, but but yeah, I could see that the, the slamming door, especially. He's he's right on about that. Yeah, he, that's that, vicious. It did. It really did. But again, I do feel like Daredevil's line is he won't kill you. Right. He's very much like Batman. Like you might walk, might. Will he dump you into acid and leave you <laughs> for dead screaming um, with your, your your hair turning green? <laughs> oh, by by episode five, no doubt. Uh, sure, the conversation between Matt and Frank was a bit much, not in a dialogue, but uh, not in dialogue, but motivation as to why Frank didn't want to kill him. A question that was never answered, I believe, before their mini therapist section turned philosophy, then saw exchange. It's never clear to me why Matt pushed and dug as much as he did. Why did he continue to antagonize when in no position to do so? I just kept wondering when Frank would just blow Matt away or at least scar him more. Do you feel any of that? That, like, I felt like Matt was just trying to get through to the guy. Yeah, that's what I thought, Trying too. to find an um, opening. Trying to make his moment. Trying to soften him up for the dick bite. <laughs> Right. If you're, I feel sorry for anyone that doesn't watch our Walking Dead show, and there's no reason you should. But right. so much of the bald move mythos and lore. I mean, we've co- we've covered a lot of ground of bald move with X Files <laughs> sure. and Walking Dead. Like nobody yeah. watches it all, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I didn't really have a, much of a problem with that. I, I thought, you know, he's trying not to talk his way out of the situation, but like to at least understand the Punisher a little mm. bit better so that in the future he might avoid creating people like well, him. Well, it also, that's a good point, the whole devil worshiper angle that Matt, I right. think, is kind of still ignorant of somehow because um, he hasn't actually had a conversation with that's Foggy and Karen true. since that, and that seems like new information. Yeah. McCarran told him about it, and he denied it, like, you know, like, oh, no, that's not what's happening. Yeah, maybe he's trying to find out if it is actually maybe part of the issue. But also I think that it, it's it's follows this theme of the flicker of light theory. Like, if he believes that about quote-unquote bad guys, then he would necessarily have to think about it in terms of Frank. And also, right. he's confronted by this paradox. Like, uh, you should kill me. Mm-hmm. I fucked up your shit twice in three episodes. And I'm going to continue to kill people. I'm going to continue to do it. But you haven't, which tells me there is a quite a bit of flicker of light left in you. What's up? Yeah. Uh, Matt might be a little bit naive. I don't know. Uh, Russ, do you find it unbelievable that Frank didn't mention anything about the fact Daredevil was blind? A guy with his, uh, attention to detail would notice this all day long. I only just finished episode three, so whether this gets addressed or not, I don't know. 
that's an interesting because I thought very strongly in the last episode that Frank had cottoned on to the fact that Daredevil was blind. Yeah, I was wrong about his eyes being blown out because they <laughs> right, were intact right. in this episode. But but I think you're right on. I think he does know that he's blind. Why not mention it? I think it's why the, not at least along let the, the audience line, know. It's along the lines of why didn't you take my mask off? I don't give a shit who you are. Like this. Well, is his but let the is... audience know whether he knows. Oh, unless you're just not going to go back to it. Unless the writers don't care either. Well, but also... Which if, might be fine. If if the Punisher is this tactically, strategically smart guy, why would he give away the advantage of yeah. knowing something about your antagonist? Sure. Uh, is it the hint when he said, I cock back the barrel, that was just for you? Like, I guess it's reasonable that a hmm. person 20 feet away could hear the, the uh, a hammer being cocked back on a revolver. What are you getting at? I'm not... Well, remember when he, he had the gun against the side of the door and he pulled the hammer back and he goes, that was just for you, Red. Like, that was just show for you. I thought they were hinting that he knew that he had extraordinarily sharp hearing and maybe was given... But now I'm thinking, like, he was only 20, 30 feet away. To keep him quiet? I'm pretty sure if I was in the next room and I cocked back the hammer on a gun, you could hear it. Probably. They're pretty loud. Right. The only time I've ever cocked a gun is with hearing protection on. Mm. So I don't really know, but... Sure. Yeah. But no, I maybe as a hint, maybe it's not. It's ambiguous, but I, I agree with your analysis, And but it would also be just like the Punisher to keep that in his, his pocket for when yeah. he gets his giant air horn out. Uh, <laughs> he continues, Russ does, whose side did you favor with the roof philosophy-wise, the Punisher or Daredevil? For Man. me, it was the Punisher. I always find it interesting when shows tempt you to cheat on the protagonist, and I definitely wouldn't make a good Batman. It's a tough call. I think it's a tough call. I think there are, like, this is the whole capital punishment thing. Personally, and I know a lot of people don't feel this way, I feel like there are reasons to kill people. Uh, but I don't. I don't like the way it's happening right like i don't think grotto in this scenario deserved to die uh i don't think he necessarily deserved to live either I, okay <laughs> i i think he had some potential to be reformed so i guess i lean more toward daredevil although there's a bit of punisher in there saying if they're bad enough well here's my thing in real life i roll uh, no vigilantes because you can't right. be that the reason I mean I'm very much a let 99 f- guilty men go free than in prison or let alone execute one innocent man right if you're endorsing vigilante justice then I'm very much full measure versus half measure I feel like that it's the Punisher would probably be a more effective vigilante than Daredevil or Batman okay <laughs> but, but that comes with a big caveat that you don't agree with the base argument. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you... I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can't... I don't think you can... It's weird, because, like, you know, vigilante... No one wants vigilante justice, but we do glorify it in our American culture. Certainly, yeah. So much of our TV, our, our pop culture glorifies it. And that comes from our past. Like, you know, the frontier, rough-and-ready justice, which is already kind of mythological. I mean, right, and even just the, the, spawn, the spawning of this country itself, right? Yes. We come from a line of rebels. That's sure. It's what we are. We rebelled against the British, and we left the fucking, the fucking planet and for all they were concerned. And even before that, we rebelled against the Protestant church and you right. know, wanted to even be more hair-shirted and sexually repressed and <laughs> right. dour than, than they were letting us. Sure. So. so there's a lot of cultural stuff built in there, but I that's broadly how I feel. I and I agree with you. Vigilante justice in the real world, bad thing, very bad thing. 
because I, I think you do need like the the peer judgment system. I feel like is one of the one of the cornerstones of our system. The rule works. of law, the rule yeah. of law is why we we have a relatively peaceful society. Right. Otherwise, it'd be Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and not just any Australia. Proposition Australia. Right. Land of the beef jerky people and third degree sunburns. <laughs> Chris P. said, This third episode of Daredevil's second season is definitely one of my favorite episodes of television. All the scenes between Daredevil and the Punisher up on that rooftop are so well written and so powerfully acted by both Charlie Cox and John Bernthal. Yeah. But I found that was like watching a stage play and their debate was more engaging for me than seeing the spectacle of the two fighting. Hell is more entertaining for me than the actual three, five... Uh, three five-minute fight scene at... Wait. The actual 3-5? It's not 35. It's 3... Da- oh, 3-2-5, I think is what he's trying to say. Uh, three to five-minute fight scene at this ending of the episode. See what ah. you did. You saved yourself two seconds of typing, and now I got 30 seconds of stuttering. I, I feel like a giant asshole, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chris continues. This conflict was an adaptation of an event in the Garth Ennis Steve Dillon comic book where what? Punisher does this exact same thing to Daredevil and the situation plays out almost identically. And he shot, he actually uh, took the uh, the time to scan and send in the pages where like, yeah, he uh, he's he's got him chained up to a telephone pole uh, but everything else is, is exactly the same, the same situation. He says the differences are in the comic, Daredevil does in fact pull the trigger on the Punisher to learn that the gun was not loaded. Personally, I enjoyed the Netflix adaptation, or should you say remix, better because oh, wow. Matt stuck to his moral code in the episode. Yeah, the gun is definitely loaded in this episode. Yep. Uh, so are you going to take the time to post those in the show notes? Uh, it's copyrighted material, so no. I would say, okay. look, uh, look. I'm sure that you can find it otherwise. Uh, look for the uh, Garth Ennis, I'm Steve pretty Dillon. sure we're good under fair use, uh, is all I'm saying. Possibly. Commentary then I guess I'm going with the, I'm Criticism. too lazy to do it. Okay, good. As long as you're being honest. <laughs> as long as you're being, that's all I ask of you. Uh, I definitely enjoyed this episode more than the second episode of the season. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I do wonder if John Bernthal's Punisher is a bit of a backdoor pilot for his own series. I would love to see more of him as Frank Castle, but I don't really know how a standalone Punisher series would work. Even the arguably best run of Punisher comics by Garth Ennis was a 75-issue run where every story arc was more like a Scorsese film where Punisher appears in the background, taking out mobsters one by one like a mm-hmm. slasher movie character. But notably in this series, the Punisher was a boogeyman in the background rather than being front and center a lot of the time. I think you answered your own question. And maybe that's the best run of the Punisher, but it's certainly not the only good run he's had. I, hmm. It does feel like that the Punisher comes out with a particularly defining artist or writer that has something interesting to do or say with him. And then it peters out. It's not an enduring story engine the way like a Spider-Man or X-Men or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's, you know, these by ness by necessity, the Punisher is a tale of vengeance and that either is completed or it's not. Okay. You know, it's like uh, if, if you got uh, a guy looking for the one-armed man that kills his wife, he either finds him or he doesn't. And if he doesn't find him after long enough, it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> uh, it starts to make the char- the core character look incompetent. It does seem like a series that might be difficult to sustain. Because uh, I wouldn't want to watch just Frank Castle blowing people away constantly over and over, episode after episode, just, oh, well... He shot another gang full of dudes. 
Man, like I said, it has but, to be some other hook, and it, it needs to be an emotional one. It needs to be something. I agree, but I feel like Banshee is a pretty good blueprint. Now there are three, uh, there are three seasons and done, which maybe that's what the Punisher needs to do. I don't know why Netflix feels like it needs to have infinite, like with their catalog, it seems like they'd be very well suited to have miniseries and things only run two or three seasons being done. But it just seems like with Orange and New Black and increasingly House of Cards. Maybe they're overstaying their welcome. Like, yeah, their philosophy seems to be perpetuate things that no one else will. <laughs> like, well, even Arrested killing. Development, Arrested Black Devel- Mirror. Yeah. Like, they're mm-hmm. bringing back all these things for extended runs that maybe don't need to be brought back. Like, yeah. like people say, like, oh, we want more Arrested Development. We want more this or that. And Netflix does it. And they get it, and they're like, well, season four of Arrested Development wasn't uh, as good as yeah. the, the Fox stuff, whatever. But that's that that's different because that's just because it's not as good as what came before. If you make something that was as good as it came before, it would have been successful. Right, but don't you fall into that trap if you're you got a good three episode arc and you extend it to four or five seasons? Certainly. And go, whoops, that was a mistake. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope but if the, they it, do it, they'll they'll leave it short run because I don't or or find a compelling place to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I don't know what that is. I think it, like just have a, a ten episode mini Punisher arc. You're gonna, right? You know, like, they do that with these cooking shows, right? Like this this chef thing. I think is a Netflix production or cooked or something. Wow, see, you're 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 delving on deeper ends of Netflix than I am. Okay, well, it just came out. It was uh, like a four episode run of like this guy's exploration of the history of food, and I think that's all there's going to be of it. I don't. How um, does the Punisher fit in? Well, they can do short-run miniseries. Well, I mean, obviously, he's going to go hunting down the, sure. the chef who fucked up his souffle the last week. I heard this you slow-blood pigs. I'm not going to tolerate this kind of animal cruelty. It's a crime. Right. And then he plucks both his eyes out and shoots him in his butthole. <laughs> you don't want Frank Castle joining PETA. No. You really don't want him. No. Imagine if he chose, like, what's the... What is the craziest crusade that people take serious that he could join up on? Like saving the whales, uh, gluten-free food, right? Right. No GMOs. GMOs. He's out to eliminate GMOs. <laughs> he goes after Monsanto. Oh There's... yeah. Oh, that would actually be a pretty funny parody. <laughs> like just make, go go do the crazy extreme. Like if you think Monsanto is like this evil corporation, uh-huh. they're actually knowingly trying to fuck over the earth and right. You know, they're right. Their they're formulas, all dressed like bikers. Their formula is made out of orphans' tears, and it's a front for a neo-Nazi organization that does like sex it. trafficking and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> right, cool in the most ridiculous way. Yeah, uh, and you put John Barenthal on, and I'll watch it. Yep. All right, that's all the feedback we got. Again, daredevil at baldmove.com. Uh, please mention the episode number or title that you're commenting on so I can kind of keep that straight. Or you can go in the forums where everything's already divided in advance into the episodes so everybody can go at their own pace and be spoiler-free. Uh, that's all we got. We'll be back for the next episode Friday. All right, see you then.